I really wanted to stress that point that your digital marketing is where it's at. You, if you haven't already begun using digital marketing, then you're behind, but it's never too late. Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bown, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. Last episode, we talked about virtual consults, the pros and the cons, and I don't know. I hope it was clear, you know, some of the the real good things about uh, virtual consults, but even some of the things you need to consider and some of the things that maybe aren't so good or so glamorous. So I don't know if you did listen to the end. If you did, there was a little kind of a challenge there for you to tally up, you know, all your, the pros uh, and cons that you felt were pertinent and to help decide for yourself whether or not virtual consults were for you. And again, maybe you did that. And if you did, thank you. I would love to hear from you what you heard. And if you're listening to this episode, Maybe you really either like the sound of my voice, um, just joking, or you like virtual consoles and you want to hear more because this week I'm going to be talking about um, the process of virtual consults and just the steps and just the basic understanding of what happens in order to get a patient into a virtual consult and then what happens after. So I'm going to go through those right now. So I'm going to break it into four parts. The first part is the marketing the social media, how they find you. The next part is the actual tech, what you need to consider, what you need to have. And the third is the verbiage. What happens during the consult? How does the patient engage with you? How do they get the information? And lastly is the follow-up. So the follow-up being, you know, are they actually booked in your chair and did you actually convert from your marketing into a patient in your chair via the virtual concept process? The marketing is the very first part. And I would like to, you know, believe that most of us have dabbled or are knee deep in marketing. And that means digital marketing. It's not, you know, marketing with a flyers or or radio ads uh, per se. It is marketing through social media. Your website also is extremely important, of course. But a lot of the ways people stumble upon you and are able to find you is through digital marketing and mainly social media. In case I stop just in case like I screw up somewhere else and then you got a chance to edit. That's why I stop. Okay. Um, Now, for those of you who are, again, you're already on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, these are the top three ways that I market right now. And Instagram became a bit of a passion of mine six years ago when I first did my startup, uh, Peggy Bound Dentistry, and no one really knew who I was. I was, you know, a dentist in 
St. John, New Brunswick with a group in a group practice and known who I was. So I got into that really early and I think that was very fortunate. And right now I tend to get most of my new patients and virtual consults through my Instagram. It was and has been always Facebook as well. And I'm also seeing a rise in, you know, in LinkedIn as well. So we can, I'm of course going to go into a lot of these in, in another podcast, in other podcasts, because it'll take more than one. But I think the key here is to have a way in your marketing or in your digital marketing, your social media, to have a clickable link to get to you, to get to a virtual consult. The other way I'm going to also suggest is having calls to action in your posts. So if you're doing a post, or you're, you need to be asking questions or getting them to sort of stop the scroll and like go to a, a clickable link. So make sure that that link is there. I've looked through a lot of dentists. Um, I, I, I look at a, a lot of other dentists, Instagrams especially. And one thing I really see lacking is that they don't have a business account and they don't, it's per- personal, it's private even, which is um, mind blowing to me. And also they don't have a, um, like a link tree or something. Once you click into, once you click that one link that Instagram gives you, there should be a whole bunch of other links within that. So we use Linktree. There are other services out there, so I'm not saying you have to use Linktree, but you really need to have a way for them to get to know you, feel like they, maybe they want to, they want to work with you, um, and click that link to get to the virtual consult. The key with, you know, social media is that it's daily, it's relevant, it's consistent, and it gives them constant reminder of who you are. They get to know you on a level that is authentic. I know that word is used so much these days, but it's really true. I believe that if you're creating uh, content and you're posting, maybe it's before and afters, maybe it's what's going on with your team, maybe it's the beautiful, um, you know, environment that your patients will come to when they get to your clinic. Maybe it's some of the cool techniques and tools that you do, uh, all the way up to giveaways and contests and, and things like that. So you've got to create that energy, but there's got to be, you know, that way for them to say, hmm, I'm shopping around, I can pick dentist A, B, or C. And they are going to check you out. They're going to look on your Instagram. They are going to say, okay, so first of all, that dentist, dentist B is not even on Instagram. So you've already lost out. Uh, Dentist A and C has Instagram accounts. And one of the Instagram accounts is, oh, it's pretty nice. It's nice. It's, you know, it's obviously a dentist. They do some things. But dentist A has um, beautiful colors. There's... There's some rhythm to it. There's um, good information right at the top, like underneath the business uh, bio that gives a little mini description of who you are and what your clinic's all about. There's a clickable link. There are before and afters. There's some of the, the things that you do. There's happy, smiling, real patients, not just stock photos and, you know, happy Valentine's Day stock card kind of look um, on your Instagram. They're going to choose you first. They're like, okay, I can, I'm, maybe I'm going to talk to all these dentists because I'm, I am going to shop around. Our, we have to remember dentistry is no longer the business of, you know, just people just looking to make sure that they have clean and healthy teeth. Uh, it has become very competitive. And in the world of 
you know, thinking about the things you probably want to do, which you may want to do more Invisalign, more restorative implant dentistry, uh, they are consumers and you have to think of yourself truly as a business that is competing uh, on that level. And you have to look professional. You have to have social proof that you are the one they should choose. And by you know, kind of understanding that and focusing your marketing towards that and offering something more. Maybe it's free information. Maybe there's some blogs on there. Maybe there's, you know, something that they can get back that they, that makes them either identify with your clinic or identify with you, your brand, then you're going to be much more likely to even have them click that virtual consult link. So I really want to, I mean, I can, I am going to go into marketing in other episodes, but I really wanted to stress that point that your digital marketing is where it's at. You, if you haven't already begun using digital marketing, then you're behind, but it's never too late. So that would be the marketing bit and they click a link called virtual consults and now they're into the funnel, which we call a sales funnel. Now we're going to get into the transition between marketing and tech. Okay. So that transition, that connecting piece is the landing page that they come to when they have clicked the virtual consult link. So you have to have a way for your patients to get to a location that again, guides them. Maybe it has, it should be attractive. It should be simplistic. It should be easy for them to read about you, read about what's the virtual, what do they need to do to supply to you in order to, you know, set up an appointment with you so that you can best, you know, connect with them in the actual consult. So in our landing page, we have you know, an image, uh, an after pa- uh, picture of our patient. We have, um, you know, a description of what we do, the services we offer, and we lead them to a place where they can give us the chief concerns, uh, tell us anything they want about themselves, and it gives them the photos that they're going to take so that I have a chance to look at and review and and be prepared for the virtual consult. One of the beautiful things about the virtual consults is that unlike a, just a clinical, um, office consult, I get to learn about the patient before I ever meet them. So it allows me to prepare, especially if they were an anxious patient or something like that, I'm going to address those things head on, but I get that background and I get to be sound much more expert because I've prepared in advance for the consult versus again, if they just came into the clinic, I kind of have to do it on the fly. Now I'm going to discuss the rest of the tech, and this is the actual things that you need in order to do this. The first is a video conferencing service. Now you could use FaceTime, Zoom, Teams. You just have to pick and offer those options to the patients to allow them to know how they're going to be, what platform they're going to be using to talk to you. And the next thing is to have or the organization of all of that and the reminders of the consults for the doctor. Now, if you're like me um, and you're a doctor, you have a lot on your plate and you need reminders. So the reminders that we have set up are through our own Gmail, uh, our Google calendar, and but it can be any you know, calendar related to your email service, can be Outlook, Yahoo, whatever. But you wanna have those, again, those virtual consults pop up as reminders in your calendar. Yeah, well done. Okay. 
The other thing you have to think about is that you do have to ask in this landing page when you get the information from them is uh, their email. So you want to be able to collect emails. And on another side note, uh, the emails are great because you can potentially market to patients later with those emails. So collecting, you know, getting an email list is also a really great thing for other purposes. And we can talk about that in another episode, but you will be collecting their emails and that will be the primary way you'll be, you know, connecting back and forth with them. Another part of the tech are digital forms. Now, again, they've, they've, They've connected with you through this landing page, but once everything has happened and you've done the virtual consult, it's really impressive, I believe, for patients. If you can send them digital forms, it would be everything from, you know, what to expect, the COVID forms that we send them, different things like that. And I can touch on that a little bit more at the end, but I just wanted you to, to know that if you really want to be digital and you want to think about all the tech involved in the virtual consult process, it's really great to follow up using the emails that you've collected or the email that you've collected from the patient to then said, send them the digital forms that will allow them to have an even more seamless, um, connection with you to get into your clinic and not have to fill in, be filling up paperwork once they get there. So automation is really the connection of all these things and that's going to save you a ton of time. So you have to think about how are you going to automate it? Because when you think about it, I just mentioned five different services that all have to be sent and coordinated with this patient. So you can think about it if you really want to scale and you want to do a number of consults per week, virtual consults per week, which I do, there's no way we could do it without automation. Moving on to part three, and that's the verbiage. That's the actual meat and potatoes, I guess, if you will, of talking to the patient, getting them to, to know you better, you understanding them and providing that, you know, customized answer. And I call this the verbiage. So verbiage is you have to have, there's a little bit of a flow, I feel, to these uh, consults. I did record the other day, I recorded one because I, I thought, you know, there's a system, there's a way I do this. So I kind of want to break this down. One of the first part is I get on the call and I, you know, of course, obviously say hello, welcome to your virtual consult. And they kind of laugh. And I said, you know, I, I, I say, what do you, what do you think about this? You know, what is this, is this good with you? And everybody is so um, happy. They, yeah, this is fantastic. And then of course you can have other family members there and things like that, but you know, just get to kind of break the ice and, and um, ask them if they've used the platform before, if, you know, just kind of find out a little bit about them. So there's just that like get to know you few moments. Then I'll I'll say to them, you know, I'll have a chance to look at your photos. I've, you know, I see that your concern is with that dark front tooth, for example, if that's what it is. And, you know, I'll go into, you know, tell me how this is affecting you or, or how long has this been going on? So I'll get a little bit more of the backstory. And then I will get into, you know, how I'm going to address it. I will ask them some questions. I like to know roughly if they've had if they've been researching, you know, solutions, if they have much knowledge already about it. So, because if I'm suggesting something like an implant or whitening or Invisalign, I like to know what their understanding is because I can go into more or less detail depending on what the situation is. Although I usually have a rough idea of what's happened by looking at the photos and reading the chief complaint, I really get them to tell me in their words what really happened, how it's been affecting them. And 
you know, in essence, it's allowing them to tell me their story instead of me repeating back what I read as their story. And that really, I feel, helps them feel in control of the consult and, you know, feel like they get to be heard, which is exactly what I would do in a, you know, in a face-to-face consult. So trying to keep that the same type of concept that will really help, I believe, in your virtual consults. The next thing that happens is, of course, I am formulating my head as treatment plan. So now I'm going to present it to them and I'm going to really stress if I feel that they're a candidate and I really want to, you know, encourage them to have something like Invisalign, I am also going to say it with a lot of confidence and I'm going to make them feel special. So I'm going to say, look, I think you're not, not only do I think you need Invisalign, but I think you are the ideal candidate. I think you're a great patient for this type of treatment. And this is going to solve, you know, a number of the problems that you're having. The other thing to remember though, is to say to them, that you have to really see them clinically. You cannot, you, you can only go so far by looking at the photos on, in the virtual consult and that you will be doing much more detailed clinical exam, x-rays and more professional photos when they come in. So again, you're giving them that, that, that thing they need to know that they're, you're the right dentist for them, but you're not, you know, kind of cornering yourself into that treatment plan. And then another thing that I would have to say is important is when you're looking at what that patient needs, now example, Invisalign consultations are generally complimentary when a patient comes in for Invisalign consult. So if you're booking for them for that, that may not be a no charge appointment. But if you feel that it's gonna be a much more interdisciplinary case, now for me as a DSD master and DSD clinic, I like to do uh, and consider a lot of other options. And sometimes if I know it's going to be you know, Invisalign implants, um, veneers, things like that, I know I'm going to put a lot more work into that when they come in. So I am going to give them an estimate as to what the cost will be on that first appointment. Patients don't like surprises and they would like to know that when they come in, they know what to expect. And I generally will quote anywhere from $350 upwards. Uh, it's generally not much more than $350, but Anytime I've suggested that as like that initial consultation with records, uh, full records, they know they're already getting a value added type of service. And this, this virtual consult was complimentary. So when they get there, they're ready, prepared to pay for something. So I usually get no kickback and no surprise looks when I present that. Still keeping in verbiage, but now we're in that fourth part, which is the follow-up or the wrap-up for the virtual consult. So the first thing to remember is to, if you can, I always find it's better if I can book the patient while I'm on the call with them. So yes, I'm a dentist uh, looking at my schedule, which uh, seems may seem crazy. You can have an assistant with you if you want, but I usually have a few blocks of time in my schedule where I know I'm going to be able to offer that patient. So if I can offer that patient an appointment right then and there, they're generally happier. Um, and it's done, you know, it's, it's efficient. There's no then calling back to the desk the next day, or, you know, this back and forth that goes with like trying to find a time when I'm with them. And I say, look, would, are you interested? Would you like to actually come into the clinic and meet us and have this next step? They, again, 99% of the time I've never had a problem and probably 90% of the time I'm able to book them right then and there. 
the key thing to booking them there, there's also efficiencies that come from this as well. And the first is you've booked them for the right amount of time. You know, you your chair time, especially now in a post-COVID world or, or in, in this world we, we now operate in, we don't want to have... Um, downtime and we don't want to waste chair time. So I'm booking them for the right amount of time that I know that my uh, assistant will need in order to carry out what I'm going to suggest that we're going to do in that next appointment. It's also going to happen in the right place in the schedule. So again, strategic booking, no hoping that I'm available during that time. I have my schedule pre-blocked and I know where I can place a patient like that so that they still feel very cared for and that they get all the treatment that they need in the records and clinical consult appointment. A key thing to this though is also telling them what is going to happen next. So again, if they've they've agreed to the appointment, I say, okay, so when you come in, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do, you know, A, B, and C. And the nice thing about it is that there's no surprises and the patient um, is also told that someone from the team would be following up the next day through email, sending them the digital forms, which I mentioned in the previous comment where I'd said, you know, it's good for the, for the tech part of it to have digital forms. If you also have digital forms, it's also going to make you look that much more smooth and seamless and professional. So someone from the team is notified that you've had this virtual consult and there's nothing lost. I will put in the notes for that patient when I put them in the schedule. I'll put that this is what they need. I'll give any notes. This patient's very anxious. I may also say, you know, we don't need to do a CT scan that day. We do need to look at this as um, as an Invisalign records appointment only, or it may be a digital smile design records appointment. So all these details get get put into the schedule. And again, the assistant or the receptionist the next day when she goes to send the digital forms there's a complete sort of there's no loss of information and then again that whole transition from patient consult to actually becoming getting in the chair is really super smooth so my tip for this episode is if you haven't done virtual consults already and you're just getting into this I would like you to practice it could be through zoom or facetime probably do both, honestly, because how you show up in a phone is different than how you show up in a, in a computer and where to look, you know, when you're actually talking to that patient and not looking down at yourself. I always have that habit of sometimes looking down, but remembering to look up because that way the patient feels like you're making eye contact with them. And body language in, in all human interactions is, is crucial. And so we have to make sure that we overcompensate for, again, the lack of the fact that we're, we're not actually in the same room together. Cause a lot of cues are picked up that way when I meet a patient for the first time. But if I'm meeting them for the, for the first time in a virtual consult, I have to overcompensate for those things. So I really focus, I want you to record yourself, practice recording yourself, looking again in a FaceTime or in a Zoom call, or it could be teams, whatever, and see how you're coming across. Another little tip that goes with that is to when the patient's doing the talking and you're just listening, I try to make sure I continue to smile and it feels very unnatural, 
but it's really key that they feel that they are in a, with a person who is encouraging them to talk and is encouraging them to, um, to share. And smiling is, again, there's all kinds of studies on this. You know you're, you're a dentist, right? So that smiling at someone, it makes them feel very good on so many levels. So doing that smile, even though when they're talking or even when you're talking is really crucial. So practicing that is going to help you come across more warm and more receptive and just, um, like a more caring human being, as opposed to just that dentist who's, you know, kind of listening and, and dealing with their concerns. So that's my tip for today. If you like what you've heard, I really would appreciate if you would share this podcast with a colleague or a friend, follow us or subscribe to this podcast. And of course, leave me a review. That would be awesome. I really appreciate you listening. And until next time, have a great day.